I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the house And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Rankin and Stankin. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Man, we're under a week until free agency. We're going <laughs> to, next Monday's pod, we're either going to be super hyped or... We'll be just be like- fine. We'll be just fine. <laughs> No, I think we'll be. Uh, I think we'll be just fine uh, next week. It'll be fun. Next Sunday night's gonna be super fun, man. When everything gets rolling and these meetings, and uh, we'll probably uh, next weekend we'll probably get a, a little hint of where some people will be for meetings. Come, uh, I'm just I'm just gonna keep on saying twelve oh one. I know it's I guess technically six oh one, but uh, I'm just gonna roll with that. But under a week until free agency, this is a super fun week. It's there's literally probably crap that's gonna drop every single day as far as rumors and we we are all here for it. Except we weren't yesterday, so we took Sunday off. We always take Saturday and Sundays off. So you you got a weekend pod on Saturday. So sorry you didn't get one on Sunday. You also got like an hour and twenty minute podcast after the draft. So that's true. Should count for something. But that's true. And so, Nick decided to tweet out my Magic Johnson thing. I, I kid him about all the time. And, and I got people, so many crap from people over that. <laughs> it's what you say on the podcast, though. You've said that. I did not say anything that you have not said publicly in front of front of like literally thousands of people. Let's just be real. There's a lot of things I say on a podcast that I never tweet. But uh, there, are, there are certain things that are not tweetable. My my Magic Johnson stuff, obviously, when I say he's overrated, he's overrated in the sense of I don't think he's a top three, four, four player of all time. I think he's more of a top 15, top 20 player. Yeah, but I didn't so, allow you to say that. It's my narrative, Isaac. So, yes, it, it is funny. And one person's like, this is why I don't listen to Locked On Mavs right here for this take. Right no, here. Did they really? I saw somebody say that. And I oh, started cracking gosh. up. I'm like, all right, bye. Bye, Felicia. Yeah, see you. Bye, bro. We're good. Um. <laughs> Some people thought that I was saying that, that I was saying he was over. Oh, dear God. They don't know you then. So that's why I, t- I tweeted under it. I was like, just to be clear, I have a Magic Johnson jersey hanging on my wall. <laughs> so I also have a Vince Carter Nets jersey hanging on my wall. So I will never but, bash that. That is ever. glory. All right. Today Love on the it. podcast, we'll get to some of the news. Uh, there's a little bit of news that happened over the weekend. Not really anything that we missed which is why we didn't do one Sunday. And then we're going to do our free agent hierarchy. We're doing basically a rankings of you get one guy. If you can, you're only guaranteed one guy in free agency, contract injuries, all that included, who would you take? And we'll just do like a top 20. So this would kind of give us the, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Jimmy Butler or Al Horford? Would you rather have Kemba Walker or Patrick Beverly? You know, just, Money and all that money and years and all that included. It's just these massive decisions and stuff that the Mavericks are literally wrestling with right now. Whether they should go with the go all in route or whether they should go with the you know spread it out route. I just did a video for Free Dawkins about how what the Lakers should do with their cap space, and I gave them two routes. They can either max it out or they can spread it out. What do they want to do? Max it out, spread it out, and so that's the decision that we're kind of trying to come up with. And we're gonna do this hierarchy to see which this which. 
route we decide to take. This is super difficult for me because I was so torn. Nick gave me this uh, homework assignment and said, hey, let's just do a, a, a free agent hierarchy. And with everything considering of what we think that they will probably get on the open market, which in itself is super hard to predict. I mean, we have no clue. I was just texting with a guy a little bit ago about Patrick Beverly and how what Beverly will desire on the market I mean, we just don't know. You know what? If it is fifteen, if it is okay, let's just say thirteen million a year from Dallas or from the Clippers. But then Chicago comes in. Oh, let's just say thirteen over four years. Yeah. But then what if Chicago comes in and says we'll give you two for forty, and it's twenty million a year, but just for two years? Those are decisions. I I, I mean, what what does Beverly do? Because you can't blame him to take the money. We talked about yeah. his career earnings. Or Phoenix too. Phoenix is another team that could come in like that. Bulls yeah, the guy. yeah. So I just don't know. Like it's that that stuff. So we we're kind of projecting, uh, throwing out there, projecting what we think that they could make on the, on the market. But this this list was hard to make, and but it was fun at the same time. And I'm gonna revise mine during it. I feel like I need to talk it out a little bit with Isaac, run some stuff off of him. So it's not guaranteed. It's not full. It's not in full right now. But we'll uh, we'll figure it out by the end. In the news today, Kawhi Leonard opt out of his opted out of his deal. Wow, that was news via Chris Haynes. Breaking, breaking news on that. This um, changes everything, guys. <laughs> I am super. I mean, as a Mavs fan, you're rooting for Kawhi to stay in the East. Oh, so please. And Chris are, Haynes added that he was ser- seriously considering a return to Toronto, which, you know, hey, what else is he going to say? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Is this the only scenario in which he would still consider Toronto? You know, you, know, you have to think that if they got bounced in the second round or Easter Conference Finals, or maybe even lost in the finals. The thing is, people keep saying that, and I don't know if that's true or not. No, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't like, know I don't what know. he wants. Like, did, would he be okay with like, or did his, does he feel connected with these guys enough to do the Paul George unfinished business kind of deal? If they got bounced, would he be more likely to stay and try and say, okay, we can do this here? Or since he won, is he like, okay, well now I I did it. Brought you guys this championship. Now I'm gonna go do, you know, go have fun in L.A. or go do, you know, whatever I want. Go live wherever I want. Like who knows? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean that. That's the. I mean, if it's a Toronto, it's it's so weird because Toronto's not a. Um, it's gonna sound weird because I'm not because either way it's throw gonna the take shade, a shot Isaac. At, throw the shade. They're not a Charlotte. You know, they're not a. Oh, that's, you know, that's better. They're not an Indiana. They're wow. not, you know, they're they're not one of those like a a, a random city type. Toronto's a, a huge city, you know. It's a international city. It's so and and on top of that, you know, a big thing with like the Clippers, they have you know this front office that you know is a super smart front office, and you have um, you know Jerry West still there doing his thing with Clippers, all that stuff. And then you have Messiah in Toronto, so it's like you have. Either way, either one of these teams, they're going to win. They just won the title. You have the vets around you. You have a good front office that you trust. You're in good city. So I think it really just comes down to, does he want to freaking live in L.A.? And does he want to go back home to L.A. and all that? That just made me think about this. If you're Maasai and you were literally, if you're seriously considering $10 million a year to go to the Wizards, are you more or less likely to consider it that they just drafted Rui Hachimura in the top 10? I think I'm less. <laughs> uh, I, that's well, I like Rui, but 
if you're Masai, don't you let that leak out so maybe Toronto comes in and says, hey, we're going to give you a raise so you can stay, all right? Oh, that's exactly why that, that leaks out. That's exactly why he would even consider it. That's, you know, guys have done forever. But I was listening to uh, Jonathan Wasserman on uh, on Howard Beck's podcast, and he was like, you know, Rui Hachimura, you know, he was a great, great college player. But, like, for all the reasons, we just talked about Jabari Parker. And I was like, oh, boy, here we here we go. He's like, he has all the flaws that Jamari Parker does, except for he doesn't shoot the three as well. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> if that's all it is. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Jamari. I need to update my free agent hierarchy. And uh, it's funny that somebody tweeted at me Jamari Parker today and was like, I wouldn't be mad if Jamari Parker was playing the four for the Mavericks next year. And I was like, I think I would. If Jamari uh, Parker is starting at four, shocked. if Jamari Parker is even coming off the bench for the Mavs and playing a significant role, then your team is not very good. He's just not a very good basketball player, and he's averaged 50 games for his entire career. So <laughs> he's not good. He's a project. You, you have to be a team with patience. And the Mavericks are not don't have as much patience right now as they did maybe a year ago, literally a year ago. If you would have said this to me a year ago, I'd be for it. Like, sure, bring him in. Play him next to Dennis. He can he can score, but literally all he does is score, and he doesn't even do it that efficiently. I want to defend Jabari. I just don't know where to start right now. You you have always been a Jabari and, and Wiggins defender, and I have not been as much. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where I'm at with that right now. <laughs> Hadn't gotten me very far. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, there was other news. Speaking of the Howard Beck podcast, we will uh, we will mention that. And we'll get to our news and then our free agent hierarchy after this. All right, Isaac. So also, Howard Beck mentioned, he said this, I have heard some very strong rumblings this week that the Sixers are going to lose one, and maybe even both, of Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. Mm. So this is this is interesting because I saw somebody break down, and I don't remember who it was. I think it's probably Jeff Siegel of Early Bird Rights, but it broke down, if, if they lose Jimmy Butler, they have like $29 million in cap. If they lose... Um, to, if they lose, it, no, no, if they lose to, yeah, if they lose to bias, they have 29 million in cap. If they lose Jimmy Butler, they have like $38 million in cap, which would be wild. I mean, they could, they could swing for like KD. They could, they could swing for Kawhi at that point. I mean, you could just do all kinds of things with that, with that money. Um, what do you think about this? Well, I th- the first time I connected those dots or tried to connect those dots as a possibility is when I saw the Sixers starting popping up in some of these like lists for guys. When I when I heard Woj and them mentioned that he you know Kawhi could take a meeting with Philly. When I heard Horford, you know Philly could be on his list and all that stuff. That's when you're like, whoa, why are they even being mentioning you know yeah. mentioned right now? Because they shouldn't then, have cap space. If they get, if they keep no. both of their guys, they run it back like their whole. All their fan base is just saying, run it back, run it back, run it back. Especially right after the Raptors won the title. They're like, run it back, run it back, run it back. If they run they're, it back, um, yeah. they don't have anything. They don't have any cap. They can't bring in anybody. But you got to. But the thing is, you do have to run it back because if you can, like, and they're willing to come back, then you run it back, bring back the squad, and then you're ready. I mean, you're immediately in the contention for the favorite in the Eastern Conference, especially if Kawhi leaves. But... I, you know, on top of that, then look at everything you gave up for nothing. I mean, from the draft picks to Sarge to Covington um, to gosh, who they even give up for Tobias? I mean, I mean, I guess Shamit too. But they also just gave up on Fultz. Yeah, I mean, all of that stuff would be for nothing 
I mean, unless you went out and got a big time free agent, then you'd be like, all right, well, we gave all of that up for the free agent. But it's going to get interesting, especially if both of them leave. I think we could get bigger conversations into why did they leave? And is it a chemistry thing around like Embiid and Simmons and all that stuff? Or is it a style of play? Is it, I I think that would be interesting moving forward. Yeah. Did it become another Jimmy? I mean, if Jimmy Butler is the one that leaves, it's like, is he the one that caused the rift again? Is there a rift between the front office? There's that whole thing about him and playing style when he first got there, you know, there's all of that. If it was Tobias, then it would be like, did Jimmy Butler say an ultimatum? It's him or me, you know, do something like that. I feel like it's going to be about Jimmy Butler either way. Um, Tobias Harris, also on a Bleacher Report show, said that the biggest thing for him is going to be style of play. He wants to run up and down, shoot threes, and uh, and play fast. And I was like, well. That does not sound like Philly. It does not. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> it does with Ben Simmons. That's the thing. Is This, this is such a, a like a, I don't want to say Jekyll and Hyde. There's like a, it's like a two-faced team, really. They have they have one side where it's Ben Simmons. He wants to run up and down. Then you have Joel Embiid who wants to just stay in the half court and you know pump fake from three and get Marc Gasol every single time <laughs> on, those, on these pump fakes from from three and drive to the rim. So they're they're two different teams, two different personalities. That's why it seemed like in the playoffs they even ran their second unit was Ben Simmons and Tobias, and then it was Embiid and Jimmy Butler. They'd stagger those guys, and then in the crunch time and to start they would play all the guys together. It makes sense. I mean, Brett Brown knew knew that, but if Tobias values that and he doesn't want to just do it for half the time, just because you know, just coming off the bench with Simmons, then yeah, he's going somewhere else. If he went to the Clippers, that'd be just hilarious. They just got all that stuff and got him back. Sometime, I, eventually, that's going to happen with somebody. It hasn't. I, I can't remember a time where that has happened, where somebody traded, somebody got assets, and then the guy came back. Tweet us if you if you remember one of those, but I don't. Uh, the Tobias thing, yeah. I mean, I feel like at some point Philly's got to pick between Ben and Embiid. And I'm kind of dumb. Devin Harris just did it just last year. Oh yeah, yeah. On a, a smaller, smaller version, sure. but yeah, they traded him. They got the second round pick, and uh, he came back. Uh, but it, I mean, even if you're asking yourself the Tobias thing, everything that he described, I mean that that fits the Dallas Mavericks right there. <laughs> I mean they're. they're they're going to want to get out and run a lot with their young guns. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. Uh, Tobias, you know, could look at that situation in Dallas too and say, "Hey, we want you to come in and start at the three with you know another center there, where it's Dwight or whoever. But you're going to play the four also with KB at the five, and you're just going to chuck a bunch of threes. And I mean, yeah." Yes, I think I think that system that he prefers describes Dallas, a team like Dallas, more than it does Philly. But we'll see what happens with him. We'll see what happens. And let's see which player we would prefer with Tobias and Jimmy in our free agent hierarchy. So, again, how this works or how it should work. If the Mavericks were just given the opportunity to just sign one guy without knowing if they were going to get anybody else. So, if they sign Kawhi Leonard, obviously they can't sign anybody else, right? Like Their cap space is just done. They have to re-sign their own guys, get vet minimum guys. If they get a you know Patrick Beverly, for instance, a guy we've talked about a lot, they probably have cap space to grab to grab somebody else at a lower level, and then maybe some other guys. It's like the it's like the you have ten dollars to buy a team, right? <laughs> you can put together two five dollar guys or two you know however much you want to do. So that's the idea with Kawhi Leonard. He's like a ten dollar guy, right? <laughs> just straight up. Yeah. 
Uh, you have $10 and that's it. The other guys, you have to get vet minimums and sign your own guys back. But if they sign, you know, Bogdanovich or Brooke Lopez or Julius Randle, then they probably can grab somebody else. But in this scenario, we're not guaranteeing that you're going to get both of like a Patrick Beverly and a Danny Green. You get Patrick Beverly for sure, and then you don't know what you're going to get with the rest of the money. So you just have the the risk that you're going to try and get somebody else. Yeah, so it's easier when you're comparing to guys like, hey, would you rather have Kyrie or Kemba? Both of those are in like max contracts for the most part. Yeah. And then it's just preference. But then it gets difficult when you're saying, would you rather have Patrick Beverly at like, let's just say 15, you know, 12 to 15, or would you rather have Vucevic at 22? That's the type of things where, okay, on this hierarchy, and if we have one above the other, you're like, all right, well, if I have Patrick Beverly above Vucevic, then I'm saying, yeah, I would rather Dallas sign him at $13 million a year over like three years or something over Vucevic for four years, 22 a year or something like that. All right, let's start it off. Nick and I have not seen each other's list. So this I'm I'm anxious to see what the <laughs> variants are in some of these players. Okay, first of all, did you include Kevin Durant? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was okay. every free agent. Okay, yeah, yeah, I included him. Technically, the Mavericks can't get Kevin Durant. However, if he was interested in the Mavericks, they could find a way to get him, right? Like, they, yeah, you could do something with Courtney. They could, they they could figure out a way. So, first, first for me is Kawhi Leonard, number one. Correct. Yes. Number two is Kevin Durant. I, I also, one, I also tweeted out today, and I said, "What is the free agency outcome that would get the least amount of hate?" Yeah, and people Kawhi. loved answering this question, and Kawhi was the overwhelming answer on that, which I get. Um, but anyway, it, no matter what happens, people are going to hate. I feel it, like so. even Malcolm Brogdon, who seems like he has the highest approval rating of any free agent with the Mavericks fans right now, at least the ones that we interact with. Yeah, he they would sign him to like twenty two million dollars, and people would be mad that that was too much. Flip out. No matter yeah. what yeah. happens, people would get Some, mad. Somebody if, would get mad, which yeah. it's usually only like two people. So. Don't take it as like, a, as everyone. You know, I think you like do, max. When you max out Kawhi, there's going to be people like, what? He doesn't even talk. Why did we max him out? <laughs> like, people will find reasons to get mad about it. They, uh, he wanted to come here. Why wouldn't he come for a discount? <laughs> yes. Who are we bidding against? <laughs> <laughs> that was a shot at Bill Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Simmons is actually right on that. But anyway. No, okay. We're not going down that route. We're not right. going down that route. Kevin Durant is number two. With the injuries considered, I would yes. I would run for a year and just I even I might even put that I mean I put Kevin Durant two, but I put Clay Thompson three for that reason. That you get to run Porzingis and Luca together for a year. Figure all that out, figure the stuff between them, and then bring a Clay Thompson or a Kevin Durant into that. So I put those guys two. I think I even I like that better than even bringing in Malcolm Brogdon right away. Yeah, yeah, I have KD two, Clay Thompson three. I have Malcolm Brogdon four. Oh, I thought I was going to be high on Brogdon, and I have him at five. I love, I love what I saw from Malcolm Brogdon in the playoffs. I love he was one of their most important players. I mean, there was times down the stretch where they were turning to him to create offense, and I was like, you have an MVP, you have an All Star, and you have these veterans like you know Brooke Lopez that has been around, like George Hill that's been in Finals games. You have all these guys, and it's. Malcolm Brockton, this guy that just came back from injury, this, you know, what is he, third year player? Yes. I, I just I, I loved everything. And he'd be just perfect next to Luca. I mean, that's oh, yeah. your backcourt for forever. One hundred percent. We we have been very open on this pod that I mean, Brogdon is number one for me as far as realistic guys. 
love we have harped on this forever that uh just love Malcolm Brock. <laughs> Uh, just a Virginia guy. I mean, we could go down the the line here of just from character to his style of play. And we just talked about we just and, had the draft. Talk about his wingspan, right? <laughs> wingspan. I feel like we only talk about wingspan uh, during the draft, but free agents it should matter, right? <laughs> it should, yeah. Uh, we, but I also want to clarify with our list. We are saying okay. So I have Brogdon four because I have Chris Middleton. I, I, I have Chris Middleton four and I have Brogdon five. And I have him flipped. That's funny. Okay, so so, and to be clear with our free agent free agent hierarchy here, Nick and I are both saying, and we didn't even see each other's list. Like I said, we're both saying that. Okay, let's just say Brogdon. You're factoring Brogdon. Let's just say twenty, right? Yeah, twenty ish. Yeah. Okay, we're. I'm saying I would rather have Brogdon at twenty million a year than to max out Kyrie or Kemba. Yeah, because Kyrie and Kemba are going to cost you thirty two just to start. Yeah. Then they get eight percent raises and all that stuff. Yes, Chris Middleton. I would rather max out Chris Middleton. I have him at four. Uh, I don't think Milwaukee will let him go. I don't think Milwaukee lets either one of them go. But I have Chris Middleton at four. I love his fit on the wing next to Luka and everything with that. And, yeah, I would rather max out Chris Middleton than Kyrie Irving if I'm the Dallas Mavericks. And that probably sits a little weird with some people. I have Chris Middleton at five as well. We also haven't mentioned Kemba Walker yet. I have him at six. Okay. I wrestled with Kyrie versus Kemba. I leaned Kyrie mainly because I wrestled with the Kyrie thing because Kyrie's performed at the biggest stage. And I thought what Zach Lowe brought up about Trey Young and the Lucas stuff, which if you haven't listened, that's so funny. Zach Lowe's just like, hey. He, man, you have to listen to that last podcast with, with, <laughs> with Lowe. All Mavs fans should listen to it because he just straight up – I mean, he's straight up like – he dunked on the rookie of the year debate. Just straight yeah. up said Luca is way better than Trey Young. And that was it. Just straight and up has said been it. all year. <laughs> uh so but his 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 question about Trey Young I think is is really really valid in in the sense of what what's he going to be when games matter? And when like playoff games and all this stuff, because like right now he's like the highlights are cool and the three pointers are cool and stuff. But what about when the games matter? Can he hold his ground? And that's why I at least give Kyrie the little bit of edge over Kemba because I have seen Kyrie on the biggest stage. I have seen him go deep in the playoffs. I have seen him take the big shots in the finals and big moments and all that stuff. So uh, the off the court stuff definitely is is odd. I was showing my wife his Instagram page today and we were having a good chuckle about it. But yeah, I lean Kyrie over Kemba, but yeah, I have Kyrie at six and Kemba Walker at seven. I have Kyrie Irving much, much lower. Oh my gosh. Get out of here. Kyrie's much a little lower. weird. Much He's lower. a little weird, but okay. If Kyrie Irving, uh, Irving signed with Dallas, where, where, where is their projection on paper? Western Conference Finals. Okay. On paper, they would be great. However, it's more than just on paper. That's why we're considering all this stuff. And I I really do think the stuff in Boston was real with him. Oh, for sure. And he's coming into into it. This would be the worst case scenario. He's coming into a team with Luka, who is, by all accounts, a cocky, confident individual. Both of those things, the good and the bad, right? The good and the confidence, the bad and the cocky, sometimes. He comes in and he's like trying to tell Luca what to do. Uh, imagine if Dirk was like that, 
Remember we talked about Dirk and Dirk has way more to say about the NBA and how to play and how to carry yourself than Kyrie Irving does. And Luca didn't want to hear anything from Dirk, right? Like Dirk even said it. He's like, he, I haven't really mentored him too much. He kind of just comes in and does his thing. He's, he's such a pro, you know, like he already, he came in as so much more mature than I did as a rookie. And uh, we just kind of, we just kind of like let that go, right? We just kind of let that go and said, you know, oh, okay, that's Luca. Some people and, let that go. Yeah. And he's been so, he's been, you know, he's been successful in the NBA and all that stuff. And we kind of let it go and just let it go by. But if Kyrie is coming in, he's the one trying to – he doesn't just let it go. He's not like Dirk where he's, you know, he, he's graceful and he's patient with people. He, he's, he's not that, right? He comes in and he asks, what do you think government is to you, right? Like, <laughs> that's his first question, right? Right in the morning, he comes in. I would in. pay money to see Kyrie and Dwayne Price. <laughs> just to see – Kyrie and Luca. I feel like Luca, like Kyrie, come in and ask some question, like, you know, is the Earth what? What shape is the Earth? And Luca's like, Luca's like, look at my tattoo. Luca. I have the eye on my arm. Oh, maybe it would work. It maybe, would. Maybe it would work. <laughs> uh, no, I, I would I have, have him lower for that reason. That. I think that it wouldn't work. I think with Porzingis, maybe more so than Luca. Even I get one hundred percent get all of that, and that's why I contemplated having him down. It's just at the last moment, I looked at his talent. I looked what he's done in the league so far, and I'm like, if they added a Kyrie Irving and he is healthy and he's playing, I think it immediately puts them into a top four, top five in the West. I think there's also a bigger reason why I would have a guy like Kyrie lower than some of these other guys, and I'm going to tell you about it next. (laughs) All right, Isaac, you like that tease? That was my Mike Greenberg as tease oh, that was ever. A classic. The most like whoever who needs to tease on a podcast. You guys are you guys are locked in. You looked at it. It said forty something minutes or thirty minutes, and you're like, I'm in. No one needs to tease on a podcast. So I think it's really funny. Um, I think there's another reason why I would have Kyrie lower because of the the locker room stuff, and because your best player. Winning the finals has to be like in his prime, right? When's the last time we saw the best player on a team be 23, 22, you know, 20 in Lucas' yeah. case? I mean, Very true. you can't even say Kawhi, you know, when he won the finals MVP and he was like 20 something. You have to be in your tw- like 26, 27, or whatever. Kyrie being your best player isn't getting you to the finals. And so if you're banking all in mm. on Kyrie, then all of a sudden you're saying that you're saying he has to be your, your best player going in. And it's not going to take him as far. And I feel like that would cause issues. And I think the slower rebuild with a guy that's more patient with a guy that doesn't have these issues with younger players, which is why I have Kemba way higher. Like you could say the same thing. Uh, yeah, about Kemba. Well, I was going to say, I don't know how, I, well, we don't know where you have Kyrie yet, but this Kyrie's off the court stuff dropping that much farther down from the Kemba thing. Boston because- was just this team that should have, that was in the Eastern conference finals. Without him, with these young guys, came back and they just got completely dismantled by Giannis, who had in the team that had only won one playoff series together. I mean, they just got completely dismantled. They had more talent, right? Yeah. They had more talent than than the Bucks. The Milwaukee, um Giannis, Middleton, Brogdon, Brooke Lopez, Miritich. You're like I guess so. They're playing they're playing Ilya Sova. I mean, yeah, you have Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Kyrie, Gordon Hayward. I mean, Gordon Hayward, 
that puts a big hammer. If Gordon Hayward is 100%, then it's different. But uh, All right, let's move on past Kyrie because he's not coming to Dallas. He's not, but that's why I have him lower. Okay, number six, okay. I have Kemba Walker. Okay. Yeah, I have Kemba seven. Number seven, I have Tobias. Ooh. I like Tobias. I think Tobias is the opposite of Kyrie. I think he hasn't really won much yet, but I think that he's just a uh, uh, guy that just loves playing. I think he wants to play up and down. I love his shot. I love that he's a wing. I feel like he can play. He did not have a great playoff run, but he also had some good games in there. He also produced when they kind of really needed him. Okay, so you'd rather max out Tobias yep. over maxing out Kyrie. Yes. Giving Horford 112, maxing out D'Angelo Russell. Yep. Uh, I'm not going any order. Jimmy Butler. Yep. You'd rather do Tobias over giving Pat Beverly 15. Yes. Dang, you're all in on Tobias. I like Tobias. All right. I have Tobias outside my top 10, but Ooh, we can keep going. Okay. Number nine, I have, Pat, I have uh, Al Horford. Number number nine. Are you, are you on nine? Seven, seven was Tobias. Six was Kemba. Okay. Who is at eight? Al Horford. Okay, I have Horford at eight also. And then I have Patrick Beverly at nine. Ooh, okay. Um, yes, I have Horford at eight because I have Brogdon at five, Kyrie at six, Kimba at seven, Horford at his 28 at nine, and then I have Daniel Russell at nine. Ooh, interesting. So you have Russell ahead of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Tobias and Pat Beverly. Wow, interesting. I would rather max out D'Angelo Russell over maxing out Jimmy or Tobias. I'm making a long-term play at him being 22, and he's just now touching the surface on the type of player it'd be. I, I get the defense thing. I get that 100%. Um, it, just the fact that he is a dynamic scorer and so young – I think that that potential could be scary. I have D'Angelo at ten, so I didn't have him like that far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have um, Pat. Be- I have Pat Beverly at ten. I have Patrick Beverly before D'Angelo Russell because I like the idea of the defensive point guard for sure. But I also like the idea that it's probably less years. It's less than four years. You're probably getting yeah. Patrick Beverly on maybe that big two year deal, like you said, three year deal. You get the opportunity to re up on somebody and try again when. Luca and Borzingas are closer to their primes. Like if, if the D'Angelo thing doesn't work out, you don't get to re up. <laughs> it takes you four. You have to go through four years or trade him or something. So true. So I have D'Angelo at 10 at 11, yeah. tw- at 11 and 12. That's where I have Jimmy Butler and Kyrie, Jimmy over Kyrie, just because he's a wing and defends. Okay. So yeah, I have Pat Beverly at 10. And so at 11 and 12, I have Tobias and Jimmy. Interesting. So yeah. So I'm saying I would take Beverly at 15 million a year. Before I would max out Tobias or Jimmy. Interesting. Yeah. We both agree with Jimmy Butler. Why are we so low on Jimmy Butler? Uh, I don't, well, I think I think there's a line at Jimmy Butler that then goes down. Then there's a, a different class of players at that point, in my opinion. Um, I, I mean, I, I could talk myself into Jimmy. It's just the stage he's at in his career. You kind of get a little Kyrie stuff. Uh, the trail that he's left behind him at these yes. different franchises. Yeah. Um, all of that. We've talked about Jimmy a lot, but like on paper, what he brings, cool. Great fit next to Luca. Uh, I do worry about just being so ball dominant and just off the court stuff, and he's getting older and all that stuff. So 
and his window is, is he probably feels that his window is closing and so the whole thing of you know these guys we want to we want to try the long build on Luca and Porzingis then Jimmy Butler might not be patient enough for that so that's why uh, Jimmy Butler 11 Kyrie 12 and dang uh, you really have Kyrie down there I do I, I really think that matters and I think that He's going to want to have the ball in his hands all the time. It takes it away from Luca. It takes it away from Porzingis. So what if Rob Palinka called him up and wanted him in L.A.? Would you be down? I think it. I think it's different if he has LeBron on his team. If he has a guy that's going to be over above him, not as a father figure. That stuff is really stupid. But if you have, you have a guy that's going to be dominating the ball, they can kind of put him in his place, right? Yeah, Luca and Porzingis aren't going to put him in his place. He's going to try to put them in their True. place, and I don't think that that's makes a successful basketball team personally. Yeah, I get that. All right, this is where it gets interesting. This is where it me. gets weird. Okay, number thirteen, I have Danny Green. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I have uh, I have uh, Bogdanovich. I have Bogdanovich fifteen. Okay, I have Bogdanovich at thirteen. Man, I have no clue what he's going. I I honestly think he could get. To he, had, he 15, made like ten and a half. Million. Yeah, he made ten and a half last year. So we're assuming he's going to get a raise. I could see him getting fifteen to twenty with the money that's on the market, and I mean the wing that he is, and how much he can shoot from from the outside. I think he could uh, get a nice pay raise. So yeah, I have him right after Jimmy at thirteen for me. Uh, okay, so Danny Green at thirteen for me, and I have Brooke Lopez at fourteen. Okay. Above, These, above we're we're only doing a we're doing a top twenty. By the way, yes. we're only doing top yeah. twenty. Yeah, we're, we're uh, gonna be sitting here for. <laughs> I have uh, Rajon Rondo at one hundred and ninety-seven. I have Green and Lopez in my top twenty, but not in my top fifteen. Yeah, uh, I like the idea of just bringing Brook Lopez. Just having, I mean, at that point, you literally have five guys that can shoot from range, and he can splash, and he can also defend the rim too. He's he's an underrated rim protector. Yeah, you have uh, you know, the rebounding thing comes up again with him. Uh, I think I had a stat in one of my videos that they that Porzingis and Brooke Lopez are the two lowest per game rebounders that are seven footers in NBA history. Dang. <laughs> Which is a sign of the times. They're out yeah. in three point line, but Brooke Lopez wasn't a great rebounder before that. However, the Bucks were number one in rebounds per game and rebound percentage last year, so it's not like he That's killed them. Weird. So there's other ways to yeah. get rebounds. Um, um at fourteen for me. Where you had Lopez, I had Julius Randle. Okay, yeah, I have him in my top 20. I have it at 19. Okay, yeah, I, I like Randle's fit in Dallas more than some, I guess. Um, more than me. And then and then at 15, I have Marcus Morris. Interesting. I don't have him in my top 10. Top 20? I don't have him in my top 10 or my top 20. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love Marcus Morris's fit in Dallas. If he'd be willing to uh, to come to Dallas, I love that. His they're ability both, to play three into four, to play defense. I like him more than Marquise. They're so. both clutch guys. I feel like they're both going to go to L.A. That's a very valid statement. <laughs> I put that in my video, too. Number 16. Neither of us have mentioned this name yet. I have Vooch. He's not in my top 20. Wow. See, I got to this point, and I was like, well, would I rather have Vooch or Randall or, you know, like at this point, but, I would just try with Vooch. But here's here's the thing. Here, This is, this is what people – where we have to really clarify exactly what our list is. Am I saying Julius Randle's a better player than, than Vooch? No. 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 Am I saying that Marcus Morris is a better player than Vooch? No. But would I rather spend $12 million on Julius Randle or $24 million on Vooch, I would do Julius Randle at 12. 
That's what I'm saying. That's why Vooch isn't on my list because I think it will cost you in the mid-20s to sign Vooch over a long period of time, and I'm just not comfortable. I mean, if you look at my list, there's only a handful of big dudes that I'm comfortable handing that to. Al Horford because he's just better than Vooch in my like in everything. So after Horford, I mean, everything considered going down the list, I mean, I guess Julius Randle's my next guy Brooklyn at 14. Man. Yeah, so, I mean, there are guys that I left off. Like, I didn't put Boogie Cousins on my list. I didn't put Ed Davis or Willie Cauley-Stein or Vooch or Dwayne Dedman. I didn't put any of these guys in my top 20 because – once it gets down to you know these guys in my free agent hierarchy, I would rather spend you know go a little bit cheaper and get a wing that can uh, just fit in with the team and stuff. So now this is <laughs> I'm gonna backtrack on myself here right now because after Marcus Morris at 15, I have Kevon Looney at 16. I'd be down with bringing Looney to Dallas and he being your banger type part of your bullpen center rotation in which you would have Looney who would start alongside Porzingis. Then you'd have your rim roller with Dwight Powell and then, you know, Max or somebody in that rotation also. All right. So 15, I have Bogdanovich 16. I have Harrison Barnes and then 17. I have Vooch. (laughs) I'd bring him back. I would bring him back at 28. Sure. 26. I love Harry B. You know me, but I don't have him on my list either. I don't think he's getting 28. Yeah, I, I think it could just be long-term. I don't know. Uh, I'm really curious on what type of money he could get. I will I will say this. Him and Monty Williams are super, super tight and close. So I know Phoenix uh, is kind of weird with their cap space and stuff right now. But, um, they don't have enough for him. Yeah, I'm just I'm curious of what he's going to be. If they had enough for summer, him, then they would go get Russell. Hey, they're not going to pursue Russell <laughs> Gambo. I saw a, uh, a post on Suns Reddit that had uh, two aggregate aggregating uh, posts. It was one from SB Nation that was Zach Lowe says that uh, the Suns are openly coveting D'Angelo Russell, and then it was another one that was some other site that was like gambo the stuns will not pursue d'angelo russell and a guy commented and was like i'm gonna go with sb nation on this one i'm like how are you a nba fan and you don't know who zach lowe is and then he doesn't work for sb nation <laughs> i don't understand that by the way also i think i would believe zach lowe. this is the misdirection time right now i mean we talked about the thing with with mcmahon how he was struggling with that about the al horford thing so who knows i mean he either one of those guys could be given false information and they just have to try and guess what it is and yeah that's why until things are reported and this fan base should know more than any until it's signed until you sign in the line that is dotted you don't know you don't know who's coming to the team 100 percent. harrison martin uh, at 16 vooch at 17 kevon looney at 18 demarcus cousins at 19 and julius randall at 20 that's my list you have randall at 20 yep might as well what do you think boogie gets Man, I don't know. Twelve. So you'd rather have Boogie I have, I have over no Randall idea. at twelve? Yeah, because I think Cousins is a higher ceiling than Julius Randall at that point. That's true. I just I like his fit with Porzingis Randall. And everyone know um, everyone should know I'm low on Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> no, yeah, you definitely are. I'm I low. On, I'm low on Randall too a little bit. I have Looney at sixteen. I have Danny Green at seventeen. I have Brooke Lopez at eighteen. And then I have two two names that you have not mentioned. 
I have Thad Young at 19. And then I have Aminu at 20. Ooh, Aminu. I didn't think about him. Yes. Guys that I left off. Vucevic, Willie Cauley-Stein, Barnes, Ed Davis, Cousins, Terrence Ross, Rodney Hood. Those guys. Yeah. But there's I just this list made uh, me think that there's not a ton of wings out there. There's also guys like Reggie Bullock that I really, really like. Yeah, so I mean just, he would definitely be on my list. I just kinda had to cut him some. There's so. not high end wings. There's random guys like like that that you can get. Yes. Um But yeah, I mean it just comes down to I want these I've said this a thousand times, but like the six six to six nine guys that can uh, that are interchangeable, that are versatile. That's why Minu and Thad Young make my list at how much money they're gonna get. Ten, twelve million, something like that, maybe a little bit more. I would rather have those guys over a cousins. Uh over which I've said before on the spot, I like I, I don't mind cousins. If we're a week and a half, two weeks into free agency mm-hmm. and we have ten million left and he's willing to come here and you know play a little center alongside KP. I don't care. Sure. Sign me up. He's super talented and the reward could way out far outweigh that. But yeah, that I feel like I was kind of confusing the free agent. Yeah, it could be confusing, but I hope that kind of gives you guys an idea of, of how we're feeling with some of these guys, you know, what, what we would do. So um, yeah, we we're low on Jimmy Butler and Kyrie. We like the idea of adding these wing guys. We love Patrick Beverly. Malcolm Brogdon were higher on than pretty much any of these max guys besides the obvious ones. Yes. Um, Al Horford were both high on. I would rather get Malcolm Brogdon for $20 million a year before I would max out Kyrie, Kemba, Jimmy, Tobias, D'Angelo Russell, or hand Horford 112. Yeah. That's how much I love Brogdon and how much I love his fit in Dallas. Outside of that, that's when you get into, I hear the debates for the Kemba, Horford, D'Angelo Russell, Tobias – I get all of those. I feel like those four right there are the four names that Mavs fans that we talk about the most. Yeah. Kemba, Horford, Russell, and Tobias at this point. And oh, for being real, Dallas walks away with one of those guys. That's a win. Like that's yeah. that that's awesome. So uh, uh, that yeah, any of, if any of that happens, and then after that, it just gets into how do you want to cut the cloth at that point? If Pat Beverly at fifteen and. And you get another guy and all this different stuff, and it's gonna be fun. I will. Th- can I throw a random name at you? Just complete random name. Just that kind of like, just came onto the scene uh, or back onto the scene a few days ago. Nando DiColo. Yeah, uh, that is a random name. Yeah, uh, Woj just uh, brought him up. Uh, I guess a few days ago. I guess it was a few days ago or yesterday. Um, anyway. He played in the league back like five, six years ago. Didn't uh, wasn't the best when he was here. Went back overseas. Uh, he's played the past five years overseas for Moscow. Uh, they just, um, I think they just won a title. I think a over good there. portion of our listeners understand him better than we probably do. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, anyway, he is 32. He just uh, he just shot 45 percent from three this past year, and he's looking to come back over to NBA. Uh, Woj. Um, said in the ESPN piece that he he could com- command an ample free agent market. Um, so yeah, I think the Raptors six- have his rights though, don't they? Yeah, they got They have to decide on that. But yeah, I wonder how that if he's looking to come over and he's looking at different teams. I wonder if he already knows that they're gonna like release his rights. So. 
that's just another guy where, hey, he's a 6'5 shooter that, you know, we know Dallas ties with international, uh, you know, scouts and just no, everything. not and this franchise, no. Not this franchise, but that's just another name to throw out there. Also, how dare the Spurs draft Luka Sam- uh, Sandwich before the Mavs could? They're going to try so hard to make all these Luka jokes and Luka versus Luka, and I'm just – I'm already kind of tired of it. It's going to be it. like the Fox Sports Southwest's that's already – they've and the, the, the Mavs, the, like the paper. They're already trying to do some of those things, and it's just – Yes. They're, no. I work with a guy that's a Spurs fan, and he came in the office – uh, the day after a draft, or I guess it was Monday because we were off for five. Uh, he came in on Monday and it's like, Hey, did you see where we got our own Luca? Like, oh, geez, here no, we go. No, no, no. One game he's going to score more points because Luca's going to foul out or something, and it's ne- we're never going to hear the end of it. <laughs> They'll be chanting and saying, hey, Remember that time that our Luca scored more than your Luca? <laughs> our Luca's better. <laughs> uh, super random note. I think Portland is getting close to pulling off a big trade, in my opinion. Just because I, I think now I I heard one of them mention this uh, after the draft stuff. With Nasir Little falling to them at twenty five, they're quietly they quietly now have a couple young pieces that are appealing in trades. Because I know you could look at and say, all right, Little fell for a reason. But I don't think he would fall on everybody's draft board. There's plenty of teams out there that look at him at man, that dude has like potential. He shouldn't have dropped that far. But now you're looking at a Portland team who has the expiring contracts in Evan Turner and Mo Harkless that they can match pretty much any salary. And now they have three pe- three pieces in Zach Collins, Nasir Little, and Anthony Simons that like I'm they're not like Boston's young guys. But those are like three guys that you do like, hey, I I would like them in a deal. But Nas Little is like almost as good as Jason Tatum, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't tip me. <laughs> <laughs> but like if you're Cleveland and the whole Kevin Love stuff, oh, you know, in Portland calls and says, hey, we'll give you the expire, you know, we'll make the expirings, you know, match the Kevin Love and we'll give you a couple of these young guys. You have to think Cleveland would be interested in that, right? If they're like Zach Collins, Nas Little, you know, they should try. Portland, they should try anything. Yeah, I mean Zach Collins, Nas Little, and Evan Turner for Kevin Love, or Evan Turner and Mohart, or you know whatever it is. Any kind of pieces Ke- from that Portland team, if they want to create their own Portland team, they should just get all of them because then they can recreate it for real. How dumb is yeah, it I, that they think they're the next Portland? I would do that if I'm Cleveland, and if you're Portland, I would do it also because. Man, if you're getting a healthy Kevin Love to go with CJ and Dame, if you're a Mavs fan, you don't want that to happen uh, because that feels like at, them, at that point every single team would be loading up. What was worse, Donnie Nelson uh, comparing Andrew Bogut to Arvita Sabonis or for the Cavs to compare Colin Sexton and Darius Garland to CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard? Oh, Cleveland for sure. That's worse than Arvina Sabonis and Andrew Bogut for the I actually Mavs? don't remember. I don't actually remember the Sabonis-Bogut I was combo. standing there right next to him when he said this. This is when they signed him and they got Harrison Barnes. Interesting. I mean, Bogut is a really good passer, but I don't think any big man matches Sabonis. Jokic is the closest thing to it. Yeah. That's Freaking just, love Sabonis. hilarious. All right, there you go. There's our free agent hierarchy. Tweet us and let let us know how trash it is. We uh we appreciate the feedback sometimes. We appreciate civil feedback, which is which most of the time it is. This fan base has been pretty good to us, and we appreciate it. 
Oh, heck yeah. We can't complain one bit. Love your feedback. Uh, if you're rude, I'll just block you. Also, have a great day at work today for all of you people that are working today. Today's Monday. There's probably new Mavs stuff that's already dropped yeah. by some time you listen to this. There's probably going to be new NBA rumors because now everybody's getting back to work over the weekend. Yeah, I wonder NBA why, front I wondered if that was the point that there's no <laughs> rumors over the weekend because all the NBA people went to went to sleep because they finally got to sleep over the draft. Oh, we didn't talk about this. What do you think about the idea that Bill Simmons brought up of splitting up the draft? Lottery one night, the rest of it the next night. Oh, yeah, I'm down. If the NFL can do it, the NBA can do it too. I would love that. You can't do second round, second night, but you can do like last five picks or something. But, yeah, I think, man, the speculation and the rumors that would come out from night one to night two, I think that would be a lot of fun. If you know, because I think in his proposal, I didn't. I think I heard it right. It, you know, it'd be more time in between picks to yes. where it'd focus on who the player is and like more background stuff and all that. So if you have more time, that least more trade discussions and all that stuff. I think yeah, it could it would last longer and people complain just like they did on draft night. Uh, everybody complained. I think how most of the people I saw complaining were actually there, like in the Mavs facility, or they're at some facility, or they're like waiting for their pick for them for their team. I think that's yeah. the only people. I don't know if any Pelicans people are complaining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I'd be down for sure. There you go. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>